Today, we are going to focus the conversation on what should the compensation plans for customer success managers be. Hello, my customer success friends. Ereed Ezips here for CSN Practice, the customer success strategy consulting firm. Today, we have the one and only Miranda Dykonski, Senior VP of Customer Success at Swiftly. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to talk to you today. Of course. And today, we're going to focus the conversation on what should the compensation plans for customer success managers be based on Miranda's experience and expertise, both as a VP of HR, as well as Senior VP of Customer Success at Swiftly and her experience overall. Miranda, you are just the perfect person to talk about this. So I've definitely experienced a few different comp plans. So I'm pretty excited to talk about what I've seen and what I've done and what's worked well and what hasn't worked so well and share those learnings with you all here today. Thinking about Customer Success Manager's Compensations Plan, we typically have the market polarized around, should it be a fixed salary or a variable one? What do you think about that? So it definitely depends on the business you're in, the outcomes you want to drive, and the type of customer success team that you're trying to build. If your customer success team owns a number, I'm a big proponent of them having some type of variable comp or commissions or bonus. I usually hesitate to call it a commission because I don't want the customer success team to feel like they're sales. I do want them to be guardians of the customer relationship, making sure that we are driving ROI and that we're not arbitrarily helping them expand their portfolio with things that they don't need so they hit their numbers. So I lean towards giving a bonus and having that bonus tied to a few factors. The factors are generally, of course, growth, retention, but then also some type of sentiment score. I think that all kind of balances it out to keep them to where we're not edging towards the sales side. We're still thinking about outcomes, you know, making sure they're getting a return on their investment and are they promoters of the company? So definitely variable. Now, even for a variable, there's different components you, one could argue for a quarterly bonus versus others would say an annual one. How do you define your compensation plans for your CSMs? Yeah, so where I'm at right now, you know, we're doing bonus twice a year. So it's based on first half and second half. Previously, I've done annual bonuses, which I think work just as well. I divided it up into two bonuses this time because it's when we do our NPS period. So I wanted it centered around NPS and the NPS period. So it's driving those right behaviors. Uh, previous organizations though, I did like having it annually as well. And I make sure it's not so much of their overall, their OTE, their on-target earnings, that it drives behaviors, you know, like sales behaviors, but enough to where it's a nice little spiff if they meet all of their goals throughout the year. Which leads me to my next question. You know, usually even as sales engineers or in sales, the variable is fairly large. I mean, sometimes it's anywhere between 20 to 40%, sometimes more of their on target earnings. What do you recommend? What has been your experience in terms of the portion of the variable versus the 100% on target earning? 
Yeah. So again, it's going to depend on the company, where you're at in your funding, you know, how much you pay your CSMs, if you're in the 50th percentile, 75th percentile, or whatever that may be. But I generally target about five to 10% their base. And I make sure that the base is in the 50th percentile of, you know, the region so that they're getting paid at market value in anything that is in a bonus or, you know, any variable pay is just that it's just a little bit of extra for them. They're not depending on that to pay their bills or to eat. So I tend to lean towards higher base, lower bonus. What about companies that have customer success managers all over the world or in multiple regions? And there's a big fluctuation between you know, what is the normal base for a CSM in one country versus another? Would you still look for what is the 50th percentile for that region, as you said? Or if the gap is too big, what would you recommend a customer success executive to do in terms of just deciding what the OTE is or what the base salary is? This is definitely a problem that I think a lot of customer success executives have that are hiring for the first time out of regions that have readily available market data. First and foremost, I definitely do the research, make sure that I can figure out what is the salary range in that region? Is it available through Radford data or any other data that you could purchase or leverage for free online? I also look at websites like Glassdoor or Indeed to see what the self-reported salaries are for those regions. And then I try to aggregate all of that data and figure out what the low and the high is and figure out where that median is. Also, when you're interviewing candidates in those regions, Ask for salary requirements and start creating your own spreadsheet. Sometimes you'll be able to see what the trends are in that region based on what people are commanding. The reality is we have to pay what the market commands if we want the talent. So we could set the salary range, which you should, which I do. But if you have somebody that you want that is five or 10 thousand dollars above where your budget is. And that's what the market is commanding in that region. If you want that talent, that's what you're going to have to pay for that talent. So in regards to like bonus or commission or anything like that in that region, I generally look at their salary first, the salary range, and then figure out how much more can we add for bonus? I, I don't look at it as a full OTE, which is probably controversial. I know a lot of people do, but with customer success managers, again, I want to drive the right behaviors. So I want to pay them a fair wage that makes them feel valued, as valued as they are as team members, and they don't have to like scrap for that bonus. It's just an extra. Let's talk about that bonus. It's an annual or semi-annual bonus. I know many companies and customer success executives tie the compensation plan of the customer success manager to the overall performance of the company, whereas some would tie it back to the customer base that the CSM is handling. What are your thoughts around what would be best practices and how do you handle things? Yeah. So currently what I do is I break it up into thirds. So a third of the bonus is a team NPS goal. So that's something we all can contribute to. A third of the bonus is a team goal around net retention. So that's your, you know, overall upsells. But then I have a third of the bonus that's individual based on your own gross renewals. So I do a mix of two thirds team and a third individual. 
That way, one, it helps us hold each other accountable just to be better and continue to grow and evolve. But we also get compensated if we're doing well individually. What if I get the most complex of customers and my assigned portfolio of customers is really difficult because I'm the best and most experienced CSM? Still comp the same. Uh, (laughs) I know it may sound unfair, but we have individuals who have varying levels of complexities of accounts and the bonus structure is the same for everyone. I have not segmented out bonus structures based on how challenging a portfolio is because we still want to drive the same outcomes. Even if the customer is super easy or super hard, we want to drive those same outcomes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what metrics you chose. You chose NPS, which is a representative of customer experience, and you chose NRR, which is a combination of did they actually renew or expanded with us? I know some customer success teams tie the comp plan to overall company performance. So if the company overall did very well, and some of them even look at whether or not success plans have been adopted. If we look at the completely other end, like were you able to prove ROI versus net retention rate and upsell? By the way, both these metrics, net retention rates and what else did you have there? The growth renewal. Correct. Growth They're renewal. both lagging indicators. And so the direction of what to do to get there is not really incorporated in the bonus. The bonus is just saying, if you've done what you were supposed to do and you got to the results, it it was effective, then you're going to get the bonus, right? But what do you think about these polarized approaches where we don't connect the bonus to a lagging indicator, but actually to behavior like, okay, did you complete the success plan successfully? Were you able to prove value to customers? versus uh, financial indicators. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, theoretically, it sounds nice, right? If I was a customer success manager and I managed to prove ROI once, check, and then I get a bonus, that that <laughs> just seems, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of that. The reason why I like tying it to these core upper level metrics is it's easy to measure. And then you can take those metrics and you can break it down into the activities that individuals should be doing daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly to drive these results. I don't think people should be bonused on activities. I think they should be bonused on results. And just because you manage to you know, complete a success plan or prove a return on investment once, it's not an indicator of future success. It's an indicator of current success. Like you currently manage to do that. I think having these have things tied to these higher level metrics drives continuous behaviors instead of a one and done type behaviors. So you're definitely more of a proponent of hard metrics like the churn targets, net retention targets, upsell targets versus the softer metrics such as customer health score, CSAT or NPS versus, you know, the engagement overall or adoption. Absolutely. We want to find a metric that is consistent and measured the same way all the time. To me, that's NRR, that's your gross retention, and that's your NPS. Outside of customer success, you know, like my support teams, they do have a bonus and that is on customer satisfaction because that's what they drive. They drive that, you know, customer satisfaction throughout every interaction. So depending on the teams, yes. What are some of the pitfalls in designing a comp plan? 
Do you think it's like assigning too much heavy weight on upsell, for example, or too heavy weight on something else? What do you think the some of the downfalls might be in creating a comp plan for CSMs? Yeah, some of the downfalls can be if you are not careful with what you design and what you put in place, you could have you know, a counter effect. Let's say you say net retention, net retention, net retention, and the team is not, you know, they're so focused on growth and expansion that they forget about, you know, the sentiment side. It could be a big turnoff to the customers. So that's why when you're designing these plans, you want to make sure that everything's very balanced mm-hmm. and you have a way to do both sentiment, growth, and you know other measurements that kind of balance each other out. So now that we touched on the comp plan, to drive that behavior, what do you supplement the comp plan with? Do you have different set of KPIs and metrics to do the quarterly reviews with your team? Yeah, absolutely. So we have OKRs, objectives, key results that we use just for planning and in all the activities we need to do that drive the results that we need to be able to meet these metrics. But we also measure other things like, of course, CSAT and how many EBRs did we hold and were we able to talk about return on investment in each of these EBRs? What was that story? What was the outcome story? There are soft things that we measure that all play into the harder metrics. Well, guys, I hope you learned a lot. Miranda, you're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing and opening up about how you drive behaviors and performance of your team through the creation of Customer Success Manager's comp plan and what works for you. Thank you so much for having me. The only thing I will say is this is never a one-size-fits-all for any organization. You have to find what works right for you, your organization, the goals, where you're at company-wide. It is important, though, to tie these to the direction that the company is going to help drive the company-wide outcomes. 